This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Brought to you by Scott's. And hello there, I am the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along with Charlie, and oh, our senior editor just left the control room, Jessica, <laughs> uh, our producer David Gaskin is uh, in training, you know, to, well, he isn't in training, he's That's training it. Jessica. Yeah. Uh, in any case, she just walked out. I think she's not interested no, in gardening. No, probably not. Or maybe it was that intro, she had to go laugh <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> uh, well, we always have fun in this show, uh, and, and, and sometimes we actually talk about gardening things. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that in mind, maybe I better give the phone numbers, Charlie, huh? Good idea. Mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in the Toronto area, here's the number, 416 Forty, and then anywhere in the province, it's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Call that number; it will cost you zippo, not a nothing, <laughs> free. Okay, Gra- you, gratis, gratis. Uh, what else? Yeah, yeah bupkis, <laughs> bupkis. I like that word. Uh, <laughs> what else? Well, this is the time of year of announcements. Lots of things going on. Oh, yeah. Mother's Day tomorrow. We'll talk about that later. That's right. Which okay. is not exactly a gardening event generally. Well, it's about growing. <laughs> uh, good point. Yeah. Uh, and unless, you know, actually you're right. Because often in my family, when we get together for Mother's Day, it does require some, everybody wears their gardening clothes and has to chip in at <laughs> oh, whoever's house we're at. You little taskmaster, you. Absolutely. Wow. Bring, your, bring your gloves and your rake when you come <laughs> to my house. There is so much to do right now. The weather has just oh, yeah. super Thank changed. Thank goodness, goodness. I'm telling you. But... But things are just growing like stink. I mean, mm. there's my roses still hilled up with, you know, soil at the base. Yeah. You know, stems sticking up into the sky with leaves starting to protrude. Same thing happening at my place. I don't you think know. so. Okay. <laughs> Lots to do at my house. So you're <laughs> welcome to come over if you'd like. Right? Yeah, thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, though, if you've done all your chores yeah. and you'd like to get involved in one of some of the local events that are going on, get out your calendars. This Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m., that's May the 10th, Scarborough Garden and Hort Society will be hosting their general meeting and a free lecture on seven steps to perennial gardening. The speaker is Kate from Kate's Garden. Scarborough Village Community Centre is where they meet at 3600 Kingston Road. Everyone, of course, is welcome. On Wednesday, the next day, the Burlington Hort Society is meeting at 7.30 p.m. And their speaker is Alex Henderson. He's the curator of collections and he's the horticulturalist for the Royal Botanical Gardens. Lovely place. The topic, I love this topic, it's the Lilac Collection. Now, ev- you, you look surprised. Everybody knows about the Lilac Collection. You're kidding me, Don't really? they, Frank? Oh, well, I, I was boning up on that <laughs> earlier this morning. I I'm sure. I got up this morning, the Lilac, and <laughs> yes, get- RBG, or the Royal Botanical Gardens, is world famous for having the largest lilac collection in the world. Well, no, I didn't know that. Of species, different species of lilacs. And like, are there hundreds of them? Oh, yeah, there's hundreds. And they're all different varieties. They're all named. And, of course, when they're blooming, 
and they generally all bloom pretty much the same time, you go and you wander the dell, the lilac dell, and you say, oh, I like that one. Or it's color, yeah, it's yeah. flower, obviously, shape, size, fragrance. So they got it all labeled so you can uh, mark it down. Exactly. And, yeah. I love this one. And you mark it down and then you go out, hunt and find that one for your garden. Yeah. It's a great way to, to really see and smell and, and get mm. the sense of what how these lilacs do. And, you know, if you're a collector, it's a really cool place to see neat, neat varieties. So bottom line, uh, Alex... Henderson will be presenting this topic to the Burlington Hort Society this coming Wednesday. Of course, that particular society meets at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street in Burlington. Uh, Everyone, again, is welcome. Same day, May the 11th, I'll be speaking at the Uxbridge Horticultural Society. So if you're in that area, everyone is welcome to come to my, my talk. I'll be speaking on Gardening in the Shade. 7.30 p.m. Again, it's at the Senior Centre, which is 75 Marietta Street in Uxbridge. Now, here's one that's a bit of an announcement. Anybody in the Mississauga area Mm -hmm. who lives in Mississauga, who loves to garden and has some some, we're often very, we have pride, eh? When, we, when we're fooling around in our gardens, no matter what we do, there's always something that really keeps us going back. We might be critical of, of our final garden yeah. at some point, but we're still going to love certain aspects of it, plus we're going to love how hard we've worked on it. So Mississauga has a front garden contest, and it's oh. called Streetscape. This will be their third year of this particular contest. It's open to all the residents of Mississauga. And, of course, you don't need to be an expert to enter this contest. It's for anybody who has a garden and, and is, like I say, has even a shred okay. of pride. I, I can relate that to golf. There's always one shot at, that's a, a, mm. a come on back. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're lousy for 99% mm. of the time. That's... But you have that one shot that you get so lucky. You know, and but that's you think, what makes you See, keep, I can do I, I can, can do this. Yeah. Let's get back. We'll be back here next week. That's it's, right. That's exactly how golf does suck you in. So gardening's a bit the same way. <laughs> um, so this is how it works. The streetscape contest, the gardens are judged in three classes, small, uh, large, and townhouse front gardens. There will be prizes in each of the categories. The entry period starts on May the 18th, so okay. you've still got time. May the 18th right through to June 17th is when the entry opportunities are, and then the judging takes place June 24th. So this is all coming. I just want people to start thinking about it. For information, go to www.mississauga.ca slash blooms, or your local, obviously, community center, library. They've got all the information as well. All righty. Well, we're going to have a busy show, judging by how busy our friend David has been in the uh, production room there. Uh, I see we're going to be talking to Betty in Orangeville in just a couple of moments after these words on The Garden Show from AM740. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. And I am the sous chef, Frank Proctor, as we welcome Betty to the line, all the way from Orangeville. Good morning, Betty. Well, good morning to you, too. I enjoy your program very much. Well, thank you. Thank and you. we are fortunate to have sunshine this morning. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous yeah. day. Yeah, about time, too, huh? It is. Yeah. Things are, uh, they're a tad slow, and tad slow for the farmers, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Everything's behind this year. Yes, it is, very much so. I have a question for Charlie. I have um, three wonderful winter-hardy hibiscus. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know... If I can safely, and the optimum word is safely, 
um, divide them. So winter hardy hibiscus, you're referring to the perennial variety, which like the herbaceous perennial, which is a plant that grows up in the spring and summer and has humongous flowers on it, but disappears in the winter? That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you safely divide it? Now, the one thing about this plant is it's very slow to emerge in the spring. I imagine you haven't seen it yet, have you? Um, I see little, uh, I have it in a protected area, Mm -hmm. so I do see little Mm -hmm. buds coming at the base. Perfect. So Mm -hmm. yes, this is the time to do it. Yep. Safely. Now is the time to do it? Yes. Now is the time to do it. You You need to dig up the whole thing. You'll sever the plant into whatever number of pieces you want, keeping in mind that the what you need to have to have it grow again <clears throat> is the piece of the crown and of course the crown is where the roots and the stem come together yes and of course the stems haven't really grown yet but you'll see the buds there yes so when you sever that you know you dig up that whole clump and using a sharp shovel or a sharp knife sever it into pieces replanting at the same level or slightly higher than it is now because of course it'll sink a bit once it settles in Oh, so I have to take the whole thing up. You can't do it in the ground, eh? You can, but depending on the size. If it's something that's manageable to to be able to lift the whole thing, I would lift the whole thing. But you're right. If it's a very old plant with, you know, masses of roots, sometimes it's just easier to take a chunk and leave chunks behind. Well, I've just been neglecting doing it mm-hmm. simply because I don't want to lose it. They're Southern Bell, and they, yeah. uh, they, you know, 10, 10 half-inch blooms are uh, not something I want to do way with. No, exactly. They're pretty exciting. They're very dramatic in the sense that they go from nothing to a real something over the period of the summer. Oh, and they are beautiful. Yeah, they are. Well, that was my question for today as to whether Good. I could safely do it and pass on to uh, my daughter-in-law just... Uh, a little clump of it. Well, that's good. Great and a, idea. And a happy Mum's Day to you in advance, well, Betty. thank you kindly, and to Charlie as well, and uh, to your wife. Well, and yeah. Yeah, thank you very much thanks, on behalf Betty. of Di. Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Take care, Betty. Right-o. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, it's an alliteration time. Fred from Fergus is on the line with us right now. Charlie, hello. Fred, how are you? Oh, not too bad. It's a beautiful day out there. Well, that's good. Things are good in Fergus then, huh? Yes. <laughs> Uh, my question is for Charlie. Mm-hmm. Good morning. And, and I'm not much of a um, much of a gardener, <laughs> but I have a little apartment in Fergus, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought about getting some uh, impatience. Mm-hmm. You have a balcony. Pardon? Does your apartment have a balcony? Uh, yeah, like I'm on the ground floor. Oh, okay. So you've got access to the outside from your apartment. Yes, I have a little patio. Nice. Perfect. And now, I was just wondering, what's the best time to plant these? What direction does your apartment face? Uh, I face the east. The east. Okay, and so impatience would be a good choice. Uh, When is the best time? Well, we always, because impatience are tender annual plants, we have to make sure that we aren't too fast off the mark with those in terms of the weather. If there's any chance of frost or even temperatures below 3 degrees Celsius, we don't want any of our tender plants outside in the weather. Okay. But are you, you're planning on putting these into pots or will they go into the ground around your oh, patio? Oh, they'll be pots. So you, as soon as impatience are available at your local, wherever you're shopping for them, 
I personally would probably start getting the best because, of course, the the first shipment is always going to have some real, usually has some really nice ones to choose. Mm -hmm. Take them home. You can pot them up. And, of course, you're going to use potting soil in your pots when you plant these. Get them all set up on the patio so that you're totally in love and it's looking good. If we've got some cool weather coming, you can very simply bring them in close to, to the, the, the wall of the apartment, bring them in close undercover if necessary, even bring them into the apartment if you have to, if yeah. it's, we're getting cold, because you don't want frost. But that's the great thing about container gardening is you can move your garden around based on the weather. So do it whenever, whenever you get a chance. I mean, impatience may, I, I don't know if they're for sale quite yet. I think in the Toronto area, we're able to purchase things like impatience now in some yeah. of the garden centers. Uh, Fergus, I'm not sure. Have you seen them for sale yet? No, I haven't seen them yeah. yet. Yeah. So usually the retailers will bring them in partially because they know you want them. You know, all the consumers, the weather gets nice, they want stuff. But they will be watching the weather as well. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay, Fred. Oh, I have one more question. Whoop, uh, Fred, um, uh, you know what? We, we only allow one question per oh. caller. Now, if you want to call back and okay. get on the show again, that's fine, okay? Okay. Then. Wonderful. Thanks, thank you Fred. very much. Yeah. Okay, bye now. Uh, the old policeman proctor I was going to say, I, I, I pulled him right Frank. over there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you I almost wrote a ticket. You, oh, well, Lord, I saw you had your pen out. <laughs> <laughs> it's 921, and I there are times when I just wish this were televised, because Charlie cannot speak without using her hands. It's just a scream. She's got her hands flying as she's answering questions, and look at me. Yeah, I was I'm doing say. the same thing. <laughs> no, but and, and I'm, it's, it's a darn good thing you take Sierra Sil. Yeah, good point. It is a good thing to take Sierra Sil, though now that I'm thinking about it, I forgot to take it today. Um, I take Sierra Sil to be able to be a choreographer, <laughs> a musical conductor, yeah. as I speak. Yes, I know. Sometimes people say, uh, tell me about your heritage. Why do you wave you your French? arms yes. so much? Yeah. <laughs> I do wave my arms a lot. But I also take Sierra Sil so I can get down on my knees and crawl around in my garden and uh, pull up the weeds and, you know gaze longingly at those or lovingly at those worms. It's all a good thing in the garden to get down close to the earth. Sierra Sil keeps us limber and keeps our joints pain-free. And that's why I use Sierra Sil, and I know Frank does as well. It is yes, I took my three pills this morning. There you see. So right. you're a smart guy. It's a very, it's completely natural mineral supplement taken daily can make a difference for you. For more information, give them a call. one joint 14 you supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef, and I just, while well, we heard those messages, asked Charlie a question that might be on your mind. I, we were talking about herbaceous plants. Uh, you know what? I, what it... What it what does that mean, herbaceous? Well, I used the term herbaceous yeah. in reference to our caller, mm-hmm. uh, Betty, who was asking about hibiscus. Because there's woody hibiscus and there's herbaceous hibiscus. So a woody plant is a tree or a shrub. It has right. firm, hard growth that stands up year-round. So mm-hmm. that in the case of a woody hibiscus, that's commonly known as Rose of Sharon, it drops its leaves in the fall, but we still see the, the stems sticking up all winter. Yep. And, of course, in the spring, they're still there as well. And leaves grow off those stems. Maple trees are woody plants. But herbaceous plants are plants where there's no woody growth. So they grow 
the, the typically what happens is the root stays alive year-round underground, uh-huh. and the plant grows up in the spring. Hostas are probably a real good example for most people. You don't see hostas in your garden all winter, but they pop through the soil in yeah, the spring. Yeah. They grow all summer. In the fall, the frost hits them. They drop down. The root stays alive below ground. So herbaceous plants disappear in the winter, basically. Okay. They're there, but we don't see them. Well, I'm glad I asked that question That's on behalf of those of you out there who are as uh, ill-informed as I. Or as, uh, you know, under-gardener <laughs> yeah. status under, as yourself. Yes, yes. <clears throat> uh, we do have a, a oh, call coming sorry. in from uh, Bolton, I do believe. Yes, indeed it is. June. Hello, June. Hi, and welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Thank good. you. Good morning. Um, I have a, a question for you, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie. Um, I have removed uh, an upright pyramidal-type evergreen uh, from my front flower bed, which is right beside my walkway going up to my front door. Mm-hmm. And I'm w- wanting to uh, have a suggestion for a shrub that I might plant in, in its place that wouldn't be too fast-growing and uh, would stay relatively um, compact. Sure, because right, it sounds like it's right at your front door. Yes, right. What direction does your front door face? It faces to the west. It has lots of sun. Lots of late-day sun. And what was there that you took out, do you know, when you say it was a pyramidal evergreen? Was it just getting too big? Yes, it was just getting overgrown. Uh, Okay, and had it... It was was about, uh, oh, maybe seven or eight feet tall. Right, and how many years had that been there? Oh, uh, for a long time. Okay. Uh, Maybe 15 years or more. Right, which is, you know, honestly... It's funny because I I run into this quite a bit in my business when I'm doing uh, consulting for people in their homes. We don't always recognize that landscape plants do not last forever, particularly the ones that are adorning the fronts and the foundations of our homes. We, we happily accept the fact that our dining room needs to be repainted every 10 or 15 years just to freshen it up, but we don't always accept that our landscape needs to be freshened up as well. Obviously, a maple tree goes way out in the back and we leave it there for 100 years, but you just don't leave plants right by your front door for 100 years because they're not going to be doing your house any favors after, you know, 15, 20 years. They're usually overgrown. Um, Now, around the front of the home, I personally often like to use evergreens just because they do provide that interest Mm year-round. So they're there, uh, and like we said, you know, we're talking about herbaceous and woody. Of course, evergreens are woody, but they're also showing green year-round. So they're they're providing some ornamental value. They're covering the not-attractive foundation for many of us uh, year-round. So at the front, and you're facing west, and you've got lots of sun, my bigger question is, do you want that pyramidal shape again, or are you looking for something lower-growing, something more mounding? Well, I thought um, something maybe lower growing. Because, I mean, it doesn't have to be huge and tall. One of the plants, I mean, it's hard to, without having seen your house, it's always hard to just come up with one plant. Uh, But a plant that loves the sun, that looks great and, you know, cheerful and optimistic and doesn't get too large is a cedar called yellow ribbon cedar. So it is a, an evergreen, but of course it's an ever yellow. It's a, it's a it's got golden foliage and needs lots of sun, which you'll have on the west. It doesn't get too big. Uh, I'm just double checking its maximum growth. As I think of it, it might get four or five 
feet tall, six feet tall at the most. You can always shear it and trim it uh, to keep it lower if you want it lower. And it might get as much as two and a half, three feet wide. So it's, it's a lovely, if, depending on the colors in your landscape, yellow might not be what you want. But if yellow can work, it's a, it's a great plant to have for that year-round attractiveness. And also it's not just plain old boring green, it's actually bright yellow. Uh, is it is it hardy because yeah. uh, I'm out in the country and I'm I, up, and you up, catch up some... on a high high oh, okay. uh, spot okay and I get a lot of west winds. Yes, you do, because you're catching a lot of wind there. Uh, well, it actually is hardy to zone three, and you are probably living in zone four. So zone three means it's hardy to uh, well past Barrie. It's hardy up to Owen Sound and even past Owen Sound. So you sh- it should be fine. Of course, with any evergreen on a western or northwestern location, we water, water, water in the fall. Make sure it's very well watered before winter comes and the ground freezes. I see. Uh, you can even protect evergreens that first winter with a burlap, you know, a loose burlap mm-hmm. wrap just to try and avoid the dehydration that can happen in the wind. This plant will not suffer from the cold, but any evergreen can dehydrate in the wind. I see. And wind and sun, actually, yeah. when you're facing west. So that's a nice one. Uh, and like I say, it doesn't get too large. Uh, would, you know, would be quite attractive. Otherwise, if you like the green, you don't want, again, too big Alberta spruce, little dwarf Alberta spruces. It's like a little mini Christmas tree. Uh, very, very, very slow growing and green. They, though there's some blue tones as well. You can get them with blue tones. So dwarf Alberta spruce. And again, they're hardy to zone four. Oh, well, that, well that's good then. Okay. You get, so you got that written down? Yes. Cedar, yes. yellow ribbon, or dwarf Alberta spruce would be dwarf my suggestion. Alberta spruce. Right. Okay, then. All righty. Thank you, June. Thank you Thanks, very much. Thanks, June. And uh, I'm awaiting the arrival of the month of June, too. And why we get is that? really warm weather. Oh, okay. I want to get some more golfing. Uh, yeah, I, I was out golfing only, I think, two times last year. Really? But a buddy uh, who lives in uh, my apartment building, uh, Lance, uh, he's going to take me out golfing. I was going to, yeah. Yeah. So you'll be knocking he, on his he door. He likes laughing. No, he likes... He so, does? And I'll provide that. I was going to say, you are, <laughs> on oh. many levels, you, <laughs> yes. you will make it, keep him laughing, I'm sure. <laughs> well, let's see now. Uh, Enid, uh, from Hamilton is on the line. Peonies, I think, the subject of the question here. We'll find out for sure. Hi, good morning, uh, Enid. Welcome to the show. Okay, wait till I turn you down. Yeah, oh. my name is Enid Pagnini in uh, Hamilton. Hey, and fine I Irish a name very, there. Very hmm. important question. What's that? Regarding peonies. Uh-huh. Now, the, I'm in my 80s. I'm 82 years old. Mm-hmm. And these peonies have come with me from my grandfather's house in Cobalt. Wow. So... What happened, though, on, right across from them are two trees that went bananas with all the rain. Mm-hmm. I have a very wet back, uh, backyard. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Uh, do the peonies have to have 100% sun? Well, okay, so did they flower last year? Oh, yes, but not, not as healthy as they used to. In the last two years, we've had so much rain mm-hmm. here, and my backyard is wet. Mm-hmm. And these trees have gone, as I said, bananas. They're so high, and they're... Creating shade towards my beautiful peonies. Okay, so I don't want to transplant them. I understand they get uh, they're unhappy when they're transplanted. Well, and the time to transplant peonies is the fall anyway. Yeah. So I would not recommend doing that now. Uh, two things though: peonies do not want to sit in a wet, soggy garden. Yeah, I they can't. will rot eventually if it's if it's just soggy and wet all the time. I would suggest if part of your shade is being created by these trees, as you say, going out of control, growing like stink, time to call your local certified arborist. 
get the arborist onto the property to give you a quote to uh, do some trimming and thinning on the trees. Yes, I get them. I get babies in here every two every year. Excellent. And last year they pruned that. For the past two years they've been pruning it, but they're still growing beyond the pruning. Mm-hmm. Well, they will grow. I mean, that's unfortunately what trees do. Yes, they I don't know. sort of stop. I'm a tree person. Yeah, so we mind. love our trees. Well, so, but, so your question is, what can you possibly do? The trees are going to get bigger and bigger and great. Good for you having, uh, you know, certified people on your property yearly. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that will maintain the health of the trees for sure. Will the peonies stay healthy uh, in a soggy, dark environment? They're alive, obviously. Um, they will flower less. They do prefer six hours or more of direct sunlight every day, and oh. they certainly do prefer a well-drained soil. Yeah. So see what happens this spring. See what kind of flowering you get. Uh-huh. You never know. I mean, obviously, we've had a very wet, cool spring so far. Maybe it will dry up and we'll have a hot summer. Hard to well, say. The, excuse me for interrupting, but they do get... Uh, in the about, the, it's only been the last couple of years that uh, that, that I'm getting all this shade. Now, mm-hmm. right now, because there are no tree uh, leaves on the trees, mm-hmm. I'm getting sun in that area. Mm-hmm. But once they get the the, yeah. the leaves come out, it's going right. to be gone again. That's right. And of course, last year at this time we were in full leaf on our trees, so we, the the shade was being created much earlier in the season. Yeah. But of course, the soil had warmed up sooner. I mean, it's amazing how cold the soil is still. I don't know if any of you have sort of been out. I was out. on my knees the other day. There you go. That's what I mean. Like, you look at it, and the sun is shining, and you think, you know, we're yeah, good to yeah. go in the garden. And then you start actually handling the soil, or like you say, having your you knees. You have to wear and, mitts. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the soil has a lot. There's a lot of cold still in the soil, which tells us, you know, we are not, even though we feel like we want to see things growing, things are coming along slowly, and when it comes to planting, we're going to hold back till the soil warms up with, mm-hmm. with a lot of our, you know, our flowers and our uh, vegetables, et cetera, in terms of ground gardening. But um, keep, uh, what I would do is keep an eye, like I say, see what, how the peonies look this spring. If they come up and you get very few flowers and they're small and, you know, the plants in general are looking fairly scraggly, I would seriously consider doing some lifting dividing and replanting into a sunnier, drier spot in the fall. Mm. Gee. Well, I don't have that much sun in the background because I, I'm in, the, in an area and uh, surrounded by absentee landlords, and so all the mm. trees in their yards have... I'm Overgrown. surrounded by yeah. trees. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And the front of your place doesn't offer any sun? sun Pardon me? Does the front of your place oh, offer... Oh, the front has, a, has good sun, but I really don't want anything... Uh, like that in the front because I have uh, uh, absentee landlords and students, and so okay. that uh, that uh, sort of you know do turmoil with your with your yard. Right, <laughs> right. Gotcha. Well, um, okay. Yeah. So what you want me to do is supervise, watch it, and then I'll call you in the fall. Exactly. And Good in the idea. meantime, if Davy is coming back still this spring or summer, do speak to them specifically about trying to open up, getting as much sun into that oh, area as possible. Idea. Of course, they could yeah. open it up. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. Okay, there you go. Thank you very much. You're Problem very solved, sounds like it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ian. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And you're listening to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin from AM740 Zoomer Radio. I'm Frank Proctor. And uh, phone numbers just one more time here to catch some of you who might be new to the program. 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto area customers or customers. <laughs> Good like Lord. That. Listeners, yes. And then it doesn't cost you anything to listen Honestly, uh, 1-866-740-4740. That's our uh, free, toll-free uh, number. 
and, for our customers. Yes, for, our, for customers, our customers. Yes, yes. Nobody else If you're is not allowed, a customer, you're not allowed to listen. Yeah. No, or no. use that toll-free number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, uh, we've got a call in here from Lindsay. Where last week they had the big Kawartha uh, Garden uh, Home uh, and Garden Show. Yes, you were right uh, on top Lindsay of that. Lindsay Rotary Club, uh, I you remember. You and Maude yeah. were, were involved with yes. that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Good morning. I uh, I only have a fast question here for you. Mm-hmm. Um when I first moved in here seven years ago, I put in three evergreens at the front, mm-hmm. and in between them, I've got two junipers. Now the junipers have grown, overgrown the whole gold iron mess, and <laughs> I just don't know whether to move them somewhere or what to do with them. So, okay, so the two junipers you put in, are they like the spreading type of juniper? Yeah, they are. Okay, and then the three evergreens you referred to, those would be three upright type evergreens. Like yeah, that's right. Something else, like cedars or something, perhaps. Yeah, I, they're not cedars. Okay. I don't know what the heck they are, but anyhow. <laughs> okay, but the junipers are outgrowing. Now, oh, you have two options. One is you can trim those junipers, and you should be trimming not too much now, but any time in the next month. Uh, you can trim them. Junipers are pretty open to the idea of being modified if they're getting too big and overgrown. And depending on what the evergreens are that the junipers are in between, again, with that spring flush of growth, that'll be your opportunity to do some pruning on those as well if everything's getting a bit out of control and overgrown. Yeah. Um. Or you could move the junipers. Uh, but um, very similar to the peony question from our last caller, junipers want as much sun as you can possibly give them, six hours plus a day, and a well-drained soil. Uh-huh. Okay. See, my, uh, my house faces north, mm-hmm. and uh, it gets sun, but only in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. and in the summer, particularly, when the, the sun yeah. is f- yeah. much more to the north. Um so, the, and, but the junipers have been doing well. They look pretty good. They're not all scraggly. Well, like I say, they're, they've, they've overgrown. They're, they've pretty well swamped out the, uh, <laughs> the three evergreens. <laughs> so they sound pretty happy and healthy. So, yeah. uh, so the question comes down to, can you know, two choices. One is prune so that we're back to proportion there, and that means pruning both the, the evergreens and the junipers probably, or moving the junipers onto the other side of the house, where obviously it's going to be much sunnier. In a sunnier spot, the junipers will be more compact, typically. More compact, more dense in their growth. If the light is fairly low, I find junipers tend to get, I say scraggly, they tend to get a bit thin and wispy and and not as attractive as they are in full sun. Well, these look pretty healthy. Yeah. Well, like I say, they can be moved. They've only been there three years. That's not a, a huge no, deal. they've been there seven years. Oh, they've been there seven years. Okay, yeah. so the others went in three years ago. Uh, or no, so they, I heard three. You were talking about three plants seven years ago, I guess. But even right. so, seven yeah. years. Junipers don't have a huge root ball. It's, it's not that hard to move junipers. I mean, think of Georgian Bay and think of the rocks and the yeah. green that's yeah, growing that's right. on the edge and hanging over, you know, the Tommy Thompson arts, et cetera. What, what the green that's in a, an inch of soil and holding on for dear life are junipers. They're, they tend to be very shallow rooted. And if you lose roots along the way, it's okay. You can transplant, use some transplant or fertilizer at the other end when you are transplanting just to get them rerooted again as quickly as possible. Is this a good time of year to transplant them? Perfect time of year. The best, actually. Oh, okay. Hey, that's great, Doug. I hope we've uh, been of assistance. I say we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you have. 
<laughs> okay. Take care of Lindsay Good for us and uh, call again. Okay. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. 941 here at AM 740, The Garden Show, with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, we'll be back to have a word with, uh, let's see, who's next online here? Oh, Diana from St. Catharines. Okay. We'll be back to talk to Diana. And uh, hi to uh, Dave of Dave's Corner Garage. Just peered in at his nose right up against the glass there. Oh, Left an imprint. I hope he's, imprint. I hope he's whiz, got some with him. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back in just a moment here at AM 740. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. It is 944, and uh, Frank Proctor along with Charlie Dobbin with the Garden Show. We were just during the commercial break there. Talking about a wee chat. baby animals. Yeah. Well, we've got a new friend at home, my squirrel friend. I call mm-hmm. little Sammy. I've, mm-hmm. I've named him a little squirrel. Mm-hmm. He's a little baby squirrel, and he's got the cutest little ears. They're white. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a black white squirrel? Uh, yes, yeah. a black squirrel. So I, I have, uh, of late now, in the past oh, month, uh, been Trained throwing peanuts. Trained Yes. Yep. Every night about 6 o'clock. Just about the time we feed Dickens, uh, and that's the important thing, right? Dickens is the cat. So way over by the fridge, I put Dickens' food down, so he's busy over there while I run to the door and throw about five uh, shelled peanuts out Mm -hmm. and watch this little guy work at these things, and it's just a scream. He's so cute, and he's getting more brazen as the time goes on, Uh sitting up. Waiting for you now. He's probably got his watch. But he's he's got it timed. He's got it timed. Boy, I'm telling you, he shows up right on time for dinner. I find that interesting, how animals can tell time. I don't know. When it's ch- like the, the day length is yeah. constantly changing, but they know. Uh, same thing yep. with my cat. He knows when it's six o'clock. Yeah. He oh, comes yeah. to me. It's like, <laughs> hello, it's six o'clock. I, he, co- he comes, you know, one minute to six. I go, it's only one minute to yeah. six. Wait on, he, hold on. He there. waits, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, okay, okay, it's now at six. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We better get going here. We've got phones uh, on the go here. Uh, Diana from St. Catharines, welcome to the garden show here. Good morning. Hi. Morning. My problem is with tomatoes in the garden. Uh-huh. Uh, they grow up really nice. I plant them. They come up really nice. They flower, and I get beautiful tomatoes. But then they start dying from the bottom up very quickly. Uh-huh. You have a condition called blossom end rot. No, I know it's not blossom end rot because it's the leaves that die. The tomatoes are fine. Oh, I see what you're oh. saying. Sorry. From the bottom. So some of the leaves start to die from the bottom of the plant. They get That's all speckled right. with some sort of yellow speckles which become brown and then the yes, entire exactly. leaf turns completely yellow. That is a blight. Uh, there is early blight and late blight. Yes. It's very rare. It depends on, it's so weather dependent um, how this works. The The spring we had two years ago where it rained and rained and rained all summer, a lot of people lost tomatoes because the early blight got into the gardens and traveled because it's a fungus and it travels in water and wind. And everybody with tomatoes just about lost their leaves and then lost their tomato plants early. Right. Late blight, we don't usually worry about too much because even though the leaves get lost due to the blight, by that time it's August, mid-August, and we've got lots of fruit on the plants and the fruit comes through fine. Oh yeah, the fruit's beautiful. So it's just so when do you when have you had this problem? When have you seen the leaves looking like that? Is it June, July, August? Oh gee, I can't remember. Because if it's I, late in the season, we don't like I said, we don't usually worry about late it, in the season. It's earlier in the year than that should happen is what I okay. what I recall. How long have you been planting tomatoes in that same spot? Oh well I have a garden that I can hardly move things around mm-hmm. and I try to move them from here to there, but it's just the last two years that I've had the problem and the, um, like, cucumbers mm-hmm. and beans and everything, they're fine. It just affects the tomatoes. Tomatoes. 
Because the fungus can hang in the soil for an, oh. for a period of time. So that's what I'm wondering. If, is there a possibility that you could plant your tomatoes in a different spot this year? I could put them in the flower beds. Do it. If you've got like good sun and the ability for the tomatoes to kind of reach the size they want to reach within the flowers, I would do that. And okay. give that other spot a break. Free for one year? Well, you know what? If you can plant be- beans or peas or any of the legumes where the tomatoes have been, you'll find that that will do wonders for the quality of the soil where the tomatoes have been. Because okay, the- so I don't have to add anything to the soil now. Uh, where, where you're going to put the tomatoes or where you've had the where, tomatoes? My regular garden. Uh, sorry, the right, 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 right. Like, w- like where the beans and the cucumbers and everything grow, there seem to be no problem for them. It only right. affects the tomatoes. Right. But what I would do is a certain amount of, <clears throat> excuse me, rotation. I yeah. would be inclined to... Uh, Put the cucumbers where the beans were, put the beans where the tomatoes were, and you're going to put the tomatoes in the flower garden and put something else. Oh, my God, I'm dizzy. <laughs> That's what we call crop. Uh, would I have to do that for more than one year? You actually should pr- try and do for two years. Actually, what you want to do is you want to kind of rotate things all the time. And the reason why is because tomatoes are very heavy feeders. They suck the nitrogen and they suck the phosphorus <clears throat> Excuse oh. me, out of the soil. Okay, Whereas, so like if I added some nitrogen and phosphorus, do you mm-hmm. think that would help? It would help. And of course, oh, you'll get okay. lots of nitrogen with manure. You get lots of phosphorus with bone meal, yeah, uh, okay. which is your organic way to get those things uh, into the soil, to amend the soil. Or through just a regular fertilizer, you can do the same thing. But yes, okay. where you have planted tomatoes and where you're going to plant tomatoes, make sure you are always adding nitrogen and phosphorus in goodly quantities. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank, thank you, you. Diana. Right. Uh, St. Catherine's Caller there here at the Garden mm-hmm. Show. And, you know, uh, I'm looking at our time here, almost gone up to 10 to. And so you wanted to do some calisthenics or I something. I did. I was just about to stretch my little arms. Little arms. <laughs> my little arms. Oh, you <laughs> Big Frankie. It's that, yeah. <laughs> five foot six. I'm, kickboxing and, and is doing my, it And my family just laughed because I'm not five foot six. In your shoes. In, in your my, high heels. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, Maude. Yes. <laughs> All yeah, right. You were telling me about your alter ego mod. Well, yeah, I used to do a character uh, called Ant Mod, and oh, yeah, uh, Mod. it was actually a, a direct steal from Jonathan Winters. Uh, you know, yes, because oh, he had tons of fun, whack, yeah. tons of fun with that character. And uh, anywho, yes, okay. So, um, and the main thing we're wa- wanting to talk about here is Sierra Sill. Good, you got the hint. <clears throat> very good. I figured that out. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I am so on the ball sometimes. Oh, oh yes. Uh, Frank and I both take Sierra Sill, which manages to keep us active and laughing and silly so that when Frank causes me to fall off my chair laughing, I can just leap back into my chair and you wouldn't even know I'd fallen out laughing so hard. It's true. So keeps those joints limber, keeps us pain free. We're talking knees and elbows. I know I did some serious gardening this past week. Uh, I've opened up a whole new part of lawn and turned it into garden. I commandeered my son in there to help me and uh, we were digging and turning and getting violets out of there and it was very very good it was many hours and uh, we both got sunburned and of course he had no pain he's only 19 but I was good too I felt really good the next well, day well Sierra Sill Sierra Sill for more information SierraSill.ca or one joint 14 
hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. And we're here on a beautiful Saturday morning. Hope you're going to enjoy the weekend, including the big day tomorrow for all the mums out there. Yeah. Uh, yes. Happy Mums Day to the mums. It's not easy <laughs> well, being a mum. Yeah, you would connect that to the garden, wouldn't you? Of course you would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. We have to go to another caller here. Uh, let's see. We don't have been, to. We want to. Well, yes, of course. But I'm just trying to push you along. Uh, <laughs> Betty in Wasaga or Wasaga. Wasaga, in the Nottawasaga River, exactly. right? Right. Uh, lawn growing clover. Well, now let's explore that topic. Hi, Betty. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, we had our lawn done last year. It was it, it went out into nothing at all, and we got soil from Spainer, and we got all weeds. Mm-hmm. And after that, we got it so fed with lawn seed down but now all we have is clover there is some now there is some um, grass coming up proper lawn coming up underneath it mm-hmm. but I don't know what to do I'm scared to put anything on to kill the clover that might kill the lawn absolutely no you can't do that uh, not I'm yet. really up the pole and I'm 90 <laughs> I'm 80 I'm 80 84 84 so there I you can't go do it myself. I no well you sound do. like a young spring chicken you really do <laughs> <laughs> well that's what everybody says <laughs> okay so Betty you know what you might not like my answer but here's my answer to your dilemma leave the clover alone there's nothing wrong with clover clover it looks nice it's, clover is a great lawn substitute, and as a matter of fact, it is way easier to maintain clover than it is a lawn with the typical turf grasses. Now, I'm not saying that you should go out with more clover seed. Obviously, some clover seed came in from somewhere, might have even been in that mix of seed that you put down last spring. Um, and so the grass seed comes up and the clover comes up. The nice thing about clover, a couple of really nice things. One is it has a very deep taproot. So when it doesn't rain for three weeks and all the grass goes dormant and everybody's lawn is yellow, your clover stays bright, bright green. That's like my bat lawn. It's yellow. Right, because it's all, you know, because grass goes dormant when it gets hot and dry, whereas clover stays green no matter what. The other thing that clover does is it is a member of the legume family or the bean or pea family. Because it, it is a member of that family, it has this incredible ability to take nitrogen out of the air and actually what they call fix that nitrogen and add nitrogen to the soil. Oh, really? Unlike your turf grasses, where you need to fertilize them very consistently to keep them green and happy and healthy and fat and lush, clover, you can leave it alone. You don't have to fertilize it. You don't have to water it. Sometimes people don't even mow it. They just let it flower, and it's just a lovely ground cover. But, of course, you can mow it as well and just treat it like you would the lawn. Right now, though, with the weather we're having, I would go out, get yourself a bag of good quality grass seed. So I'm, I'm talking no cheap grass seed here, no Canadian Tire Specials. It's got to be something, you, it's going to cost you some, some dollars, but it's going to be worth it to get a good quality grass seed. If it's a sunny lawn, you'll get grass seed for the sun. If it's a shady lawn, you'll get grass seed for the shade. And go out and, and rake up that, the areas, the patchy areas where you can see earth broadcast that seed like you're feeding the chickens, get your rake out and just gently kind of rough the soil around a bit so that the seed has some soil on top of it. And in the rain that we're going to get, because we're still going to get more rain this spring, uh, that seed will germinate and grow and fill in some of those patches. 
over the years, the clover is going to get, you know, fatter and juicier and fill in more and more space. But I personally would leave it alone. I wouldn't lose my mind trying to get rid of the clover and then try and replace it with grass seed. I would, however, fill my bare patches with some grass seed filler. Yes. Okay. Okay. Very very good. You're Thank very you, welcome. Betty. <laughs> and I really like the clover. It looks beautiful. There you go. There you are. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> Good but for I'm, you. I'm scared my neighbor next door going to go crazy for a butt along on one well, side. You, Will it spread? Uh, well, if it flowers, because if you don't mow it, of course, it'll start to flower. Seeds can blow around. So just just stay on top of the mowing. And, and honestly, if your neighbor says anything, just tell your neighbor what I just said. <laughs> It's a very good lawn Blame substitute. Blame it on Charlie, in other Absolutely. words. Absolutely. And tell yeah. that neighbor, that neighbor can call me any time, and I'll tell them why they should leave the clover alone and not be upset if some blows into their lawn. She's a very nice lady, but she's Italian. I know. <laughs> I've, I, I, know, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I've had arguments in, like when I do yeah, speaking yeah. engagements where people say, oh, I've got this clover, what am I going to do? And I try to convince them to leave it alone. And they're going, no way. There is no way clover is going to be in my lawn. But that's, that's old school. That's, you know, 1950s, 1960s, 1970s. Clover yeah. was a bad word, you know, a four-letter word, yeah. but not anymore. Clover is the new cool lawn, trust me. Well, this is the first house that I've ever got clover. Oh, well. Enjoy it's, it. It's blown in from somewhere. Yep, it has house. All righty. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. L- Thanks for your call. Look Thank where you. the wind blew in. Clover, uh, clover. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's a philosoph- almost a philosophical discussion. It's the changing face of gardening and our changing expectations of what we expect and what is a lawn, right? What is a garden? It's all... It's changing, right? It's yeah. not. It's not 1965 anymore. We don't go out there and, with our defogging machines and <laughs> kill everything that moves on the property so the children can go out and play in their bare feet. It's it's much more embrace nature, be happy with what you what is growing, and recognize the importance of clover. Gets these little flowers that the the pollinating insects love. And we need those pollinating insects. We wouldn't have apples and peaches and grapes. So we're being good to everybody it's or the everything. It's circle yeah. of life. Trust me. Well, speaking of, sir, we've come full circle yes, here we on have. the show. One more time. I appreciate all the calls this morning. Very interesting uh, subject matter to deal with. Yes. And uh, dealt with rather handily, might I say, by my good friend Charlie Dobbin. Thank you very much. And as as an undergardener, you are coming along just nicely. Yes. I, I sometimes know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I love it when you say thank you. Like you take yeah. the credit for yes, the answer. Of That's course. the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie, you have a wonderful day tomorrow. Um, What's planned? Uh, actually, I'm going to Montreal today. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to go visit some friends in Montreal. So we're actually going to celebrate our Mother's Day next Sunday. Uh, but meanwhile, I'm going off to see some friends. Elliot and I are heading off to Montreal to enjoy some sunshine and a break. Well, Di is going to see some of her grandchildren tomorrow. Lovely. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a nice day. We hope the best for everybody. And in advance, happy Mother's Day to all out there. Exactly. Enjoy your Mother's Day. Enjoy the next few sunny days. Get out and you know listen to those birds and get down on your hands and knees and feel that soil if you can because it'll just make, your, make you smile. Okay. Uh, that's, that's from the diva of dirt that's here exactly. at AM. Thank you, David. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Frank. And thanks to all our callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.